Seven Sequel Jurassic Park, one minute time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And here we are at the end of the week to discuss Minute 78 of Lost World. As we end the week out, uh, news is a bit light, of course, but uh, someone's been busy, Frank, and the, uh, the team working on the Jurassic Park Lost World RV um, have been flat out over Christmas. Um, recarpeting, carpenters have been rebuilding sections of the trailer. And it's just really come together nicely now. A lot of the walls and roof and floors have all been recarpeted in the trailer, both sections. And one thing that was interesting too, um, when the when the trailer was sold off, even the one that's at Universal, all the electronics equipment inside was stripped out and sold off or sitting in a prop shop. But they've been able to locate some of that stuff already, and there's been photos of shipments coming for uh, mm-hmm. power transformers and radio equipment that they've been posting up photos for, which it's just giving me chills. That stuff's <laughs> so screen accurate and uh, looks great being put back in its spot in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the a lot of this stuff has been, been identified by um, Ryan Moynihan by, of the RPF, the Replica Prop Forum, and those guys, they really know their stuff. Mm. Uh, I'm a member, and, I mean, you'll learn more about your favorite franchise scrolling through those pages than you'll learn anywhere else. I mean, these guys are the top of their game, you know? Yeah. So a lot of, so uh, Ryan went up ahead and posted a page on the, or a thread on the RPF about identifying these electronics, and it's really great. It's really interesting to see. It's really interesting to see it all come together. And now, of course, so he did it originally to help the RV restoration team. And he posted them just because he thought it'd be interesting just to see the stuff identified. Mm. <clears throat> and so it's interesting now to see the pictures from the restoration team that they're posting with all the electronics being fill, filling in all the cubby holes. Because like you said, they stripped everything because they didn't want thieves going in there and just stealing all the electronics, you know? Yeah. Yep. And I can, we can post some of these photos up or even just head over to Jurassic Park, the Lost World RV restoration team on Facebook. Um, mm. Like the uh, the, the Carver um, amplifiers and that have gone in there um, and the power transformers under it. Um, mm-hmm. And Radios, the Radios, all that stuff. Yeah, and the one thing I love is just how you got those pull-out lights um, to just illuminate mm-hmm. the electronics below. But one thing they, they sort of also found that we didn't really mention when we got to that minute uh when ian and kelly are on the radio to the boat um back before the trail's destroyed you can actually see in one shot um nick's camera equipment the uh sony camera on its charging dock and a uh, mm-hmm. a multimedia pr- printer there with it as well which they've purchased and they've been they've managed to get all this stuff being 90s tech i'm sure it wasn't that expensive or it was probably hard to find and it was expensive but uh it's just a great little part of the set that was inside one of the um, cupboard doors that we never really brought up when we're talking about the minute but that camera equipment's all there even even it's just it's it's so 90s just little blocky printers that (laughs) plug into each other and the docking station out there so yeah and the 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 trail itself's coming along nicely just it's mm-hmm. great seeing inside, seeing the uh, the carpet going up where before there was yeah, just sort of, sort of mouldy, um, or not mouldy, but uh, sort of just the plywood exposed. Um, mm-hmm. Looks like they got the uh, couches re 
replushed, and so that's all. That's looking nice now. Yeah, yep. I want to know if they're going to, because in that spot in the movie is where they have the map. So I wonder, I'm wondering if they're going to put the map back. Yeah, I've got to have a look. Got to have a bit of a closer look because it doesn't seem like there's a room. Because I haven't noticed the bookshelf in this either behind the chairs. Um, or where a bookshelf would go. And there's also a big power bank there too in the film where Kelly comes in and looks at the map. You can see all the red lights behind her. It's like a mm-hmm. massive switchboard or circuit breakers or something. Um, I don't know if that's part of the slide out section there or. Or what, but it's just something I'll have to have a look at a bit closer. Um, the picture they're showing here from the front seats that they took um, definitely shows that there's a power board there and some bookshelves there. Looks like they haven't finished refurbishing yet. Oh, okay. But I'm wondering if there, but there's a window there, and there's no window there in the, I mean the windows on there on the outside, but the inside there's a map. Hmm. So I'm wondering if they're going to keep the window there, if they're going to have an illuminated map like they do in the movie. Surely. <laughs> Surely you'd have to have the map there. I don't know, really. It'd I mean, be... that's like the big part of the movie. You yeah. Know, I've yeah, seen, I mean. Yeah, it's the <laughs> the part of the trailer that you want in there. Um, mm-hmm. Especially that front section, anyway. It's one of the most looked at parts of the front section. Yeah. There's one interesting too, thing, too, when... Uh, when he started doing some... He's been putting videos up of all the uh, construction work and that. Um, at the rear, I always thought, when you, especially when you do the walkthrough with Kelly in the film, mm-hmm. once you get to the rear bunk beds, um, that seemed like the end of the trailer, and then you had the connector before you went into the rear section. Mm-hmm. But there's actually two two doors at the very back to two, like... You could almost call them little storage cupboards. I'm sure if it was the real RV, it'd probably be a toilet and shower. Um... And it's just just interesting. One of the videos have actually got just a toilet sitting in there, just a, a mock-up to say this might be where a toilet goes. But um, I'm sure it was full of production equipment, lighting cables, and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. at the time, especially when the uh, the trailer was at the cliff. But yeah, I just found it interesting. Like another little part of the trailer that um, I never knew existed, and just discovering new things all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny the things you learn about a uh, movie when you actually look at the prop, you know? Mm. And a lot of people th- say uh, scoff and say, oh, it's just a pop prop. They just slapped it together and stuck it in there. But no, they didn't. And when, 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 especially when somebody like Spielberg makes a movie, they make a movie and they go all out. I was just watching Saving, Saving Private Ryan the other day with my dad. <laughs> yep. And he goes all out. He built an entire Polish town destroyed. Mm. No, no, I'm sorry, French town destroyed. And, I mean, the detailed intricacies of this to, that he went into it is amazing. And Spielberg does this all the time. He'll put he'll put stuff there that even if you don't need to see it, even if it doesn't see it come, show up in the film, it's there. And it's part of the prop, and it's just amazing to see the detail that goes into it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, for example, um, in the first film, they include version numbers on the vials uh, from the the version numbers from the book, the idea. Mm. There's numbers on the uh, on the vials that look like they would be version numbers, like 12.2 or something like that, 4.4, stuff like that. And 
you only see it qu- a quick glance of it in the movie, but they're there. And he built, he had the entire uh, embryo storage unit built. And there's probably embryos that we didn't even see because we never saw the backside, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's just small stuff like that that goes into the props that most of the time aren't even seen. Um, mm-hmm. And like the RV, they, they knew they had to tour this thing around the country, so they had to build it. They they yeah. couldn't they couldn't have it going halfway out through Montana and have the roof fall in or <laughs> or stuff mm-hmm. like that. It had to be built built to last. And as we see now, twenty years later, with it sitting out in the desert, it's it's lasted. There has been some issues um, due to design and that with the roof leaking. But apart from that, like they they got it running and drove it back <laughs> drove it back to mm-hmm. um, the yard the shop. So. Well, so, well, that's another thing, though, is it's kept in a nice, dry environment. Yeah. And the fact that drier environments are better for cars, just period. It's better for preservation of anything. It's just, I mean, you live in a humid environment like uh, the tropics or even Illinois, which has far, far more humid summers than, say, Texas would. Mm. And so... um. It's just not good for the cars, you know? The things start rotting, you get rust, stuff like that. Yeah, and we won't we won't go into that's exactly why the Jeep in Jurassic World shouldn't have <laughs> been there. But um <laughs> but that's that's why you got that massive plane graveyard mm-hmm. out in the desert there. Same thing, just they can sit there for years and you can still go get parts mm-hmm. off them, the parts don't deteriorate as much. Exactly. Hmm. But no, it's just great to see the RV come along. They got the um the slide out working again, which was fantastic. And it's come together nicely. I think one of the main main things left now they've got the uh, last carpeting to do, and then they'll be um probably back on the exterior, mm-hmm. adding all the the exterior pipes and that back onto it. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll be watching closely. So yeah, again, head over to Jurassic Park, the Lost World RV Restoration Team on Facebook. I'm pretty sure they'd have to have a Twitter and that as well. They got the YouTube channel as well where all the videos go up they do some nice uh update videos just last last week a week before just sitting there they had it going for an hour of just um rebuilding the front section of the trailer where the connection the according connection is there just sort of strengthening it um and getting the ready for carpet which was just good to see and a lot of the old lot of the old stuff still being used the timber and that they're just sort of adding a bit of strength to it Mm-hmm. Because as as much as you'd want to go complete film accuracy, you need practicality as well, and you, you want you want yeah. this to last a lot longer than what it has. Mm-hmm. So, not good to see. Hey Carter, I'm going to the ladies' room. So you wait for me here. No, okay. It's so important to your future that you not finish that sentence, please. Again, not much news to, uh, to talk about, so we're going to get straight into it. Uh, a couple of short ones this week, but uh, Dave, ready to go? Sure. All right. As we entered 77 of the Lost World, Roland had returned to the camp, confirming that Dieter was dead. As we open on minute 78, Roland pulls the map out of RJ's bag and turns on the flashlight and says the operations building is down in there, about a mile and a half from the base of these cliffs. Ian asks him how's he know. Roland replies, I've seen it. Roland continues that the climb down won't be easy and that they'll let the survivors sleep for another hour before they hit it. At 77 minutes and 20 seconds, Roland turns the flashlight off, gets to his feet, and walks off, with RJ following. And Ian just sits there in the dark, 
77 minutes and 26 seconds we cut to the tent where Sarah and Kelly are fast asleep. A camp light's been left on and chocolate wrappers litter the floor. At 77 minutes and 33 seconds we cut back to Ian, slowly walking up the creek bed. A soft thud can be heard and Ian stops in his tracks. At 77 minutes and 46 seconds he turns and starts walking backwards as another rumble vibrates through the ground and the pool of water nearby ripples. At 77 minutes and 48 seconds we cut back inside the tent to Sarah. As we hear a rumble again she slowly opens her eyes. And as the minute ends we slowly pull back as she slowly realises her mistake. And this ends minute 78 of The Lost World. Roland sort of started in the last minute he goes the operations building is right down in there pointing to a spot on the map uh, Mm -hmm. about a mile and a half from the base of these cliffs which um, as Malcolm asks he sort of says how do you know and Roland says I've seen it which sort of alludes to the fact as we said in the previous minute that he's scoured the head I find it interesting that he mentions the cliffs because as we know in the deleted in the deleted uh, Pterodon sequence that made a uh the raptors chase our characters off of cliffs only to be met with pteranodons. Hmm. You know? Yeah. So it's interesting that they mentioned that there. I can't remember if that line is in the original script, but I'm pretty sure it was. So I think that's like a holdover from... It was meant to foreshadow the uh, clip, them having to uh, use the hang gliding to basically bring uh, get down to the worker village. Yeah, yep. And it's exactly why we got an Ian Malcolm hang gliding toy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just and why in the uh, commercial for it, there, he was being chased by a pteranodon. Yep. Yep. Just again, that sort of stuff that goes out early to toy makers to make. Um, mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Have you seen the uh, the Toys That Make Us, the new series that I think it's on Netflix over there? No, I don't have Netflix. Oh, okay. Honestly. I don't know why I never bother to get it, but yeah. They've just released, it's the first sort of season, or first run's going to be eight episodes. They've done Star Wars, He-Man, uh, Barbie, and G.I. Joe. And just just the Star Wars, even the Star Wars one, just seeing um, a lot of Kenner, a lot of Kenner ex-executives and that sort of talking, which makes me hope there's going to be a Jurassic one, because I'd just love to hear the story about how all that come together. Oh, I would too. I really do. Mm. Especially because The Lost World was, at the time, an award-winning uh, toy line, you know? Yeah, yep. yeah. And that's just, it's just great sort of seeing them know that they've got a movie coming out and going back and forth with ideas. And I love with the uh, <laughs> with the Star Wars one, when Kenner went to meet with Lucas and um, Fox to uh, to give the okay on the, um, the first run of figures, Lucas was off filming and couldn't get there, so they've just gone, yep, do it without his consent and um, <laughs> something he got him back for later with Empire with Empire so that's <laughs> a great little series if you can find it somewhere it might even be on YouTube I'm sure I, yeah I have to find it but it's funny because I mean speaking of Star Wars half the time half the characters in the in the toy line for the original Star Wars only had names because uh, Lucas only g- later gave them names just so he could sell more action figures for them. Yeah, yep. Huh? Yep. And it's sort of great too getting towards Jedi when the Kenner are sort of reusing other stuff. Um, the Ewok, Ewok Village, for example, being um, 
I can't remember what it's from. They say it there anyway, that it's a repurposed. And just how they took a lot of um, figures because they said they were going to be free, free, free and three quarter inch size figures. And they, they just took stuff that was already released and re-sculpted them to make the prototypes. And that it's just, it's just interesting mm-hmm. to see how all that was done and, and actually being told to us by the people that done it. Um, which sort of comes to head later on when you get to the Millennium Falcon and that you get a lot of people sort of... I don't think they were that happy about doing the interview. Um, more so, they sort of... They love to take credit for something that they probably didn't do. Um, because there's, there's, there's one guy that sort of, yeah, I did this, I did that, and then they cut back to another another one of the designers and he's sort of like, oh, yeah, he he liked to say he'd done a lot, but he didn't really do that much. <laughs> They're just yeah, there's a reason they're not all sitting in the one room doing the interview. They're sort of doing it separately. Yeah, I'm sure a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of competition there. But uh, back back to the minute. Um, yeah, I just love how what makes me wonder if he did scout ahead. Um, how much time did he take to do it? Because we sort of see what's ahead now. Did he come across the raptors? Did, did he know the raptors are there? It would have been interesting if sort of the raptors had followed him back to the long grass and that's where they meet up later on. I don't know. I think that uh, Roland would have been smart enough to avoid the raptors, you know? He yeah. would have figured out how to stay upwind of them and know, and he would have known because Ludlow would have told him where the their nesting sites were, you know? Um, and uh, Yeah, and I'm, I've got to think, I've got to know that, that that sort of information's on that map. Um or at least another map that he's seen, sort of where their nests are, so you can sort of skirt around the opposite side of the village. Or mm-hmm. it sort of makes you wonder if if he's there, why couldn't he have sent the radio call? So by the time everyone else gets there, the helicopters are waiting. Or as we see later, did he send the call? Or no, he didn't because the power was not on when Nick gets there. But he must have done something because they get there pretty quick in gen. <laughs> but we'll get to that a little bit later. He continues now to climb down, won't be easy. We'll let them sleep one more hour, then we hit it. So you're assuming he's found a way down the cliffs, obviously, because he's been down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to let them sleep for another hour. Which is sort of... I feel sorry for Carter. They've just gone trekking through the jungle, and now they're only going to get an hour's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> if they can get to sleep in an hour, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Roland and RJ sort of get up and walk away and leave Malcolm on the log by himself. And uh, he turns around, looks back over the hunter's camp, and we cut to Sarah and Kelly sleeping in their tent with the light on. (laughs) And that I never understood. I mean, maybe it's just me because I can't fall asleep with a light on, you know? Mm -hmm. But considering how far they've walked and how exhausted they'd be, I I, I probably would. Um, But there might be more of that more of that thing with Kelly sort of wanting to sleep with the light on for safety or just to feel safe. Um, but then again, I'd imagine that from someone a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my, my eight-year-old son sort of does that when we're camping. He wants a light left on or we got a little night light in the tent. Yeah, I guess. I can um, see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting going back to the when, um, when uh Ludlow and RJ and Malcolm are all looking at the map. It's looking at the right uh just past Malcolm's shoulder. Um you can see the two the two guys that Roland took with him starting to just 
pound uh they're pounding on a, like a sleeping pack and using it as a propping themselves up and going to sleep. Yeah. Which yep. of course as we know they don't get any. Yeah. Well we'll see in the next minute Carter does because he wakes up to see the Tyrannosaur and starts his screaming. <laughs> I'm not sure if Carter went with them though. Yeah, yeah, Carter Yeah. When we huh. when um in the last minute where um, Roland says, you come with me, you too. It's, it's Carter that he was just talking to, who gets up and goes with him. Uh, all right. Because he, he knew where, he we knew where he's last seen Dita, which would be their starting point for the search. Yeah, some of the candy bars they got in there, Crackle. I've always, I always love Crackle. It's chocolate and uh, rice, I think, inside there, isn't it? Um... Yeah, it's not. We got something similar here. I'm, I can't recall the name now. I think it's a Nestle product, but um, yeah, it's sort of oh, the stuff I'm thinking of's got like air bubbles in it or something. But it's sort of like a popping candy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like these oh. <laughs> these massive chocolate bars <laughs> mm-hmm. just sit there like someone's raided the Hunter Supplies and got chocolate for Kelly to give him something yeah, to eat. They probably might have. There's an, there's originally supposed to be a, uh, a deleted scene in here that we have a couple pictures for, that is of um, where they're sit, be, uh, sitting around the campfire before everybody all goes to bed. Yep. And um, and Kelly's like turns Kelly turns to Malcolm and is like, you should you should marry Sarah. <laughs> That's just what you know, they I've not I've not seen it in the script, but I do know it's filmed, and I believe it's in the um, I believe it's in the junior novelization. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. It's I think it's funny that um, it's basically just just that it's a foreshadowing, basically. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's interesting. I got to find those photos. That's the two jobs I got to do this week. Go find the photos for that. And find the photos. I remember seeing them. That this this whole tent's built on a floor, so the camera can be down below mm-hmm. ground level to look up at them. Um, and well, also, the photo is on our, is in the Jurassic Park Legacy. Um, I'm sorry, the Jurassicpedia. Oh, okay. Yes, Jurassicpedia. Now it's on the uh, section. It's on the page for the Lost World's deleted scenes. Yep. That's right. You can, everyone can head over there to Jurassicpedia.com and check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I remember that. Because I remember seeing the Tyrannosaur animatronic sticking its head in there as well, while that tent was on a bit of a platform. But I have to try and find that. We cut back to Ian sort of walking back through the camp up the stream, and mm-hmm. uh, he walks past a puddle, and we get an yeah. impact him. <laughs> puddle ripples. Is the that... audience is on the edge of their seat. <laughs> we know what that puddle is. Just stops, slowly turns, and he knows what that means. Yep. He's seen it before. Mm-hmm. We of, also just lay in there. They don't even know what it means. Yeah, he sort of turns around, walks backward a little bit to sort of, did I just see that <laughs> and feel mm-hmm. that? And we get another one sort of rippling again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then we cut back to the tent and Sarah slowly opens her eyes and we, again, just like in Jurassic Park, you just hear that pounding mm-hmm. of those footsteps. She um, knows what it means. Yeah, and we see She's heard the stories. <laughs> and we start to slowly pull back, and as she realizes her mistake, uh, she's looking upwards, 
and Jen, it's after the cut here, after the minute, but she looks up at her, she says, oh no, and then the camera pans to her jacket. Yeah. And we've seen the whole time that she's been trekking, she's got blood on that jacket, the infant's blood. Yep. You know, the, we know what the T-Rex are there for. Hmm. Which is sort of interesting, I suppose we can talk about it more in the next minute, but just a lot of sort of looking at her possible stupidity of not realising that, but then her mm-hmm. whole theory about the Trenosaurs being out of track, and that is exactly that, a theory. And you've got Burke on the other side saying, no, no, as soon as we leave the area, we won't do it. So you've sort of gotten competing arguments there. Would they track? Wouldn't mm-hmm. they track? So you'd be right to say, all right, well, until my theory is proven. Um, <laughs> of course, InGen's going to listen to Burke over her. Mm-hmm. So... But then oh, it just. I think their theory's proven. Yeah, yep. And it also sort of. It goes back to that question, too, we had when they're walking through the rain of how didn't that blood get diluted a lot? But anyway. We'll, uh, we'll get to what those footsteps mean in the next minute, next week. Yeah. Dave, anything else on 78 you want to get to before we get heavy for the week? No, I think we're good. Alright. Alright, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com. Facebook, The Lost World Minute. Twitter, at The Lost World Minute. And Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to remember. (laughs) Uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, Life will find a way.